Welcome to Jimmy and the Brain. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Malcolm. And welcome to the show. Jimmy and the Brain features stories and discussions that matter to us. Our mix of street and book smarts complement each other well. And we hope it's both informative and entertaining. We're not going to have all the answers, but our questions are ones that will get conversations started. If you like our show and would like to help us out, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Like our Facebook page and subscribe to us on YouTube. Tell your friends about what you like about the show on social media. And visit JimmyInTheBrain.com to read more and find out more ways you can help us take our show to the next level. My name is Malcolm Travers, again. I'm 36 years old. I live in Albany, Georgia. I have a background in journalism, and I've worked for the Southwest Georgian and the Albany Herald. I'm currently the editor-in-chief of the Mail Media Mind, which is a website that talks about a host of different issues. Uh, I host several shows on YouTube, and I love discussing political issues. I love talking about like philosophy, spirituality, uh, television shows, sex and relationships. Um, I'm an avid consumer of stories, be it written, spoken word, or film. Um, I call myself the brain mainly because I like the Animaniacs, and Jimmy and the Brain sounded pretty good, but also just because people tend to think I'm smart, I get I come off like that. I don't think I'm that smart. I think I'm much more curious than anything, which is, you know, kind of why I started M3 back in 2013. Um, like every day or pretty close to it, I post a bunch of questions on social media. And then when we have a show, we answer those questions and have discussions about them. Um, and so we record those live and they just stay on YouTube. Um, but the discussions that we're going to have on Jimmy and the Brain are recorded over a period of time. And then we create a narrative, editing them together. And, you know, it's the first time that I'm doing that. Um, so it's going to be a wild ride. I hope that you enjoy the show and uh, give us your feedback. My name is Jimmy Thomas. You know, I come from my father. He was a DJ. My granddad, he was a DJ. He's kind of my granddad is kind of a big deal. You know what I'm saying? My dad was a big deal. They call um, Jive King is my granddad. I've been doing music since I was 11. I've been doing music for 22 years. You know what I'm saying? So, so, you know, like if you look up my mixtapes, a lot, a lot of my music is, a, a lot of my free music is up under Crazy J. And I said, you know, I'm too old to be Crazy J. I can't be Crazy J. You know, I'm too old. I said, man, you know, I'm in my 30s now. I can't, you, you can't be crazy forever. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I've always been a boss. Yeah, I basically always been a boss, and they always call me Jones. So I said, you know what? Instead of being Crazy J, I'm just gonna be Boss Jones. Boss Jones to me is like. The meaning of the name is like it shows growth. It shows that I'm a grown man now. I'm not. I'm not that kid that's you know that kid that want to be crazy. Yeah. So in our very first episode, we're going to discuss Black Lives Matter, and we're inviting special guest Carol Horn, Jimmy's mother, to discuss her experience in the Buffalo Police Department and an incident stopping police violence that got her fired. I guess with the shootings of uh, Philando Castile and Alton Sterling. Um, you know, there were these protests that literally stopped traffic um, in, me- in several major cities. I mean, Atlanta being one of them. Um, and people were just like, you know, Martin Luther King would have never done or approved of this. 
you know, and I don't understand. Like, you're basically turning the public against you. I guess my question was, like, well, what, what tactics do work? And, you know, what is, what's the ultimate goal of Black Lives Matter? Because, you know, as we were talking about it, you know, the term Black Lives Matter would, would be to indicate that any time a black person is killed unjustly, we should come to their aid and, and you know, champion finding justice for them and their family. But usually, I mean, what we know Black Lives Matter is protesting are police violence, um, particularly against black men and women. So, you know, what does it say? What is the goal of Black Lives Matter? If, if that is their goal, if that's their stated intention, you know, what, what would be a sign of progress? And see, I don't agree with the movement because it should be Black Lives Matter all the time. And, and, and what, I, what I look at is, when does Black Lives Matter? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Does it matter only when a cop kills us? Or does it matter when uh, somebody go out there and shoot a little kid because they're shooting at me or you? You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, why doesn't it matter then? You know, I have friends that got killed in the streets. Why wasn't nobody out there marching for them? You know what I'm saying? So, and it's like, it's only when the, and, and it, listen, it's, it's not when the cops kills us. It's when a white cop kills us. Right. Why isn't Black Lives Matter when a black cop kills us? You see what I'm saying? Like, like, like okay, I don't know if you heard about the thing. It might have been in Decatur. It was somewhere in Atlanta. They killed the naked man. A black cop killed him. It was on the news. I ain't heard nothing, nothing else about it. But then, okay, a white cop kills us. We want to go, um, I don't know what they did in Atlanta. Was it 85 or, or 70? They was blocking the, the uh, expressway. These people that's driving to work, they don't got nothing to do with that. Why don't you, I mean, okay, when they marched up to the CNN building, why didn't you march up to the precinct? Or, 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 or why didn't you march um, to, to the parking lot where they killed the, uh, uh, I mean, I'm just making them stuff, but why didn't you march to, to the uh, parking lot where they killed the young man for no reason? I mean, I'm not talking about the cops, I'm talking about like us. Like, you know, because I feel like, if black lives don't matter all the time, then what is the movement about? You see what I'm saying? What is it about if it doesn't matter when we kill each other? And, and, and I'm not saying I don't agree with them marching against the police, but march when we kill each other. You see yeah. what I'm saying? I was talking to my wife, right? I told her, to listen, I said, I carry a gun. I said, I'm not worried about the police. I said, she said, you need to be worried about the police. They out here killing people. And I said, listen, I'm more worried about that black dude walking with a hoodie on than I am with that cop with a badge. And she said, you need to be worried. About I said, for what? I said, yeah. They, I said, you know, if they come up to me, you know, I'm putting my hands out the window, put my head out the window so you can see I'm not biting for anything. And, you know, I'm not reaching for anything. And, I'm gonna ha- and you know, I'll say, officer, yes, I have a weapon on me. You know, and they're going to say, well, can you reach license? No, you can pull me out the car. You can reach in my back pocket, get my license and my gun license out my wallet. You know? But I, I know that I can go through that, but that's not what I'm worried about. You know, I'm more worried about a black man killing me than I am a white cop. But this is the only thing I would say. The only pushback I have to it is when a black guy kills another black guy, mm-hmm. that black guy's going to jail. You know? yeah, yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and I think that's when people are upset is that there's no justice. Like when someone gets killed and when well, they get suspended and that's it. You know, like we, 
I know, I guess I've, I've heard cases of people who are just suspected of killing and they're in jail for years before they even see trial. And, you know, some of the police officers who are involved in these shootings, you know, it doesn't even, you know, they're not even in jail for like a week or something. And it's videotaped, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like there's no, you know, and so that's where I think the disparity is, is that certainly the violence in the cities, you know, black on black crime is horrible, but people are being punished for it. You know? Yeah, I see, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And so I think Black Lives Matter is just saying that when a black person is killed by the police, mm-hmm. they should be prosecuted in, in just the same way as if a white person was killed by the police. Because I think, I guess when the reverse happens, and I guess that's not always true. I think it's true that also when white people are killed by the police, they also often have difficulty getting justice. Um, but I think it's much worse for black people. And that's, I think that's where the anger is coming from. It's just that there is no fairness there. Like I think that, I think that the cops are scared of us. I, I think that the cops are scared of us because it's so much black on black crime. If we stop the violence with ourselves, the cops won't be scared of us. And listen, I'm, I'm, I swear to God, I hate cops. You know what I'm saying? Because for one, what happened with my mother, you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's like, she was a good cop, but because of a bad cop, she got fired. For, for, she got fired for being a good cop. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I don't really like the cops, but but I, I from me coming from the streets, I understand that you know we need to march all the time. We need to march, we need to march through the cater. Tell these boys to stop, you know, put down your guns, stop breaking in people's houses. You know, I, I um okay, you you know we talked. My son locked up, right? You know, he got locked up for taking a gun to school, well, shooting a gun to school. It went off by mistake. But I went to go see him one time, and the, um, the lady said, she said, well, I have to go to a funeral for one of our kids. You know, and I'm thinking that she's talking about one of her kids. She said, no, one of our kids got out of here. He had just got out of, out of um, the juvenile detention center. And she said and he went and broke in somebody's house, and they killed him. 16-year-old boy, just got out. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I'm not saying that the person that killed him was wrong because he did break in their house. But how about we we open up more programs, open up more wise, and you know what I'm saying like, you know, do stuff like that. Make make. I feel like these kids are bored, so they have nothing else to do. And it's not, you know, what I'm saying, and it's not just kids killing each other. That's not, that's not all black on black crime. But it's more black people that's committing crime than basically. I, I feel like this. Everybody does crime. White people do crime. We do crime. But white people gonna they gonna go um. They gonna go on a computer and, and you know take all your money. Something we gonna go rob and kill for it. You know what I'm saying? They tell me like the cops in Atlanta. They won't bother you if you know. They basically like this: if they not bothering you, they not gonna bother you. But if you have an interaction with them, they gonna keep bothering you. You know what I'm saying? That okay? Definitely somebody like me. I, I have a carrying permit. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, so they gonna say, okay, you know what? This this car got you seen my I don't know if you see my car but you know I got the real dark tints on my car so they, they gonna say, you know we pull him over, and we know he always he's always armed, so let's keep pulling him over. You see what I'm saying? I I never witnessed it. I got pulled over a couple times here and sometimes was for no reason. But you know I I just don't like. Okay, let me take it back to Buffalo. In Buffalo, um, 
the cops harassed me more in Buffalo than they ever did here. And it, it wasn't white cops. It was black cops. You see what I'm saying? Like, one time, um, the cop was harassing my wife because she wouldn't talk to him. This is, this is black cops. And the crazy thing about it was the cop that kept bothering us, I knew the cop. Like, like this is the crazy thing about it. He, he was out there selling drugs when I was little. And, and now you're a cop and you want to keep bothering. You mad at my wife because she turned you down. Then, then you mad because who she with. And, 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 um, and I remember one time he's telling the cop, like, yeah, man, you know, telling the lady cop, you need to search her. The, the lady cop said, for what? They ain't even do nothing. Oh, say because they out here at eleven o'clock at night. Man, come on, man. Like, come on. Man. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I've been harassed by cops before. You know what I'm saying? And these was cops that knew me. You know, what I'm saying? they they like they knew me when I was little. So it wasn't like you didn't know me. Like you knew me my whole life. Like I had a black cop go around. This is a cop that I'm talking about. Used to be at my mother's house. You know what I'm saying he was a cop that knew my mother. He's going to tell, he gonna tell my brother, yeah, your brother sell drugs. My brother said, huh? He said, man, listen, my brother don't even live here, and he worked. I was just thinking about, like, some of the crime statistics, you know, thinking about, like, black-on-black crime in general. Um, I don't, I think a lot of times when people say that, uh, you know, black people are killing black people, this is true, they use that information to want to blame black people for the violence itself. When in reality, I think black people behave in very similar ways to white people if they were put in the same situation. You're talking about like, you know, economic development, poverty, education, you know, all these sorts of larger societal issues bear some responsibility for people's behavior, you know. Yeah. I'll give you I'll give you a good example like in Chicago. This is my hometown. You know, um, there's a huge crime problem and it has to do with some of the gangs there. Um, and specifically about how uh, certain housing projects were relocated. And this is definitely a structural issue because you had crime contained in a certain area, um, not to get too specific, but this is like these housing projects that were torn down and you know new apartments were built in their place. And then all of these sort of... Uh, you know, people were dispersed throughout the city and what was once like a certain gang's territory is now all over the city, you know. And people are trying to reestablish turf, you know, and people are killing each other to try to reestablish something that they could have prevented in the first place. These, you know, those were known things that you could have prevented from happening. And instead, you know, I think a lot of times when we, you know, talk about some of the crime we want to blame the people who are participating in it, but, and, you know, there is blame there, but I'm saying that there are higher overarching issues that sometimes get ignored. If you like Jimmy and the Brain, please visit MailMediaMind.com, where you'll find links to our YouTube channel, and we have plenty of stories and podcasts that you can also listen to, produced and hosted by different contributors to our website. Visit MailMediaMind.com. You can click on the sidebar to find links to our social media pages on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Pinterest, Twitter, you name it, we're there. Uh, take a look and back to the show. My name is Gary O'Horn. Um, I was a police officer for 20 years at the Buffalo Police Department. I was fired 
for stopping um, a officer from choking a handcuffed man. What do you see, and some we were just talking about, um, I guess the one in Minnesota, Flando Castile, Alton Sterling in um, Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Um, you know, what, what would you say, you know, your experience has shown you, and I guess looking at the news coverage? The blue lives matter. So basically, it doesn't matter whether you're telling the truth or not. It's like if they lie, they, they uphold it. So it's, it's a um, systemic problem that needs to be addressed. And one of the things that we were asking was like, I guess with the Black Lives Matter movement, what do you think is the most effective form of protest? Well, um, people definitely need to organize, but there's a lot of organizing going on. There's a lot of people that are gathered, but they're not organized um, to where they should be. Um, laws need to be changed. So that's like the ultimate goal is to change these laws. But in the meantime, people are still being killed. So um, if you're going to organize, you have to strategize and, and you have to do something, not just go out and protest. Do you think a lot of these incidents are caused by the fact that people are afraid, you know, like the, the officers themselves are afraid of for their safety? Right. Yes. And so how does, how does that change? I mean, like, is... Well, they, they need not to work in these neighborhoods that they feel um, afraid in. So is that like something from the top down or how, well, you know... Well, you listen to the people, the people do complain. Right. The police can't police themselves, so... I go to the police and say, you know, this officer is bad and this officer has done this and they don't listen. Then, I mean, corruption starts at the top. Tell me a little bit more about like the activism that you're involved in. I like to speak out about police brutality because I feel that if an officer can't stop it, then who can? Actually, I think I need to turn my activism more towards a legal, a legal standpoint. So that's what I would like to do now is work with someone who can make change by changing these laws. How do you get people to, to get more involved? All you have to really do now is just show these videos, just like Philandro Castile. Um, he didn't have a criminal record. He had a license to carry, and he still did. So that could be any of us. So, I mean, it shouldn't take a lot now because people can see it on video. I think there is like a, a point at which people get numb to the violence, you know, they see so much of it. I think that's what the uh, media is trying to do, make us, make us numb to it, you know. Um, there's no being numb to it. It's like um, you need to really do something and stop it. Well, it's not just Black Lives Matter either, because just like the civil rights movement, you know, there were, there were also whites that was um, um, protesting alongside. Um, and... Um, I was in Buffalo like last week and there was a White Lives Matter uh, rally and there were like over 300 um, people protesting against the White Lives Matter who was, um, uh, I think they said like a, some type of Nazi group or something. Um, it was only, it, it, it didn't even, um, the count wasn't even 20. So it wasn't a lot of people that came out, but you had all of these other people like about 300 to come out against them to protest against the hate, you know? It's not, like I said, it's not just Black Lives Matter, but these other people realize that Black Lives do matter and that the Black Lives are being taken for no reason. To say that it's not just Black 
Lives Matter, who's standing up for the rights. So a lot of different groups who need to um, organize and, and get together and then march on Washington. If that's what, if, if we really want some change, we need to be using our pens. What sort of organizing have you been involved in? The organizing that I've been involved with starts with um, Push Buffalo, which is People United uh, for Sustainable Housing. Um, and, and through them, I, I um, got with the NPA, which is the National People's Action, which is um, a, an organization that basically fights for um, the rights of masses, like um, mortgages, you know, um, you know how they, they work foreclosing on houses and, um, and also climate change and um, um, payday loans, different things that would affect masses where people are coming um, after um, poor, not necessarily poor people, but targeting poor people, especially with payday loans. Once I saw how they organized, I was like sold and, and I really, that's what I knew I really wanted to do. Um, the, the thing that I don't see happening with the other organizations, they get the people, but they're not organized to the point of making, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's making some change, but making some noise at least. But now we need to make change. What goals do you think we should be setting? Like um, what milestones do you think could be celebrated as you know, protests being effective. Changing some laws and, and doing away with other ones like um, stop and frisk um, and no knock warrants. I think those two are um, being taken advantage of. People are being taken advantage of and police officers are using it way too much. So give me an example of like how the uh, no knock warrants are being abused. Um, like in one case where they went to the wrong house, you know, and um, there was a little girl that was killed. Um, and there was no repercussions for anyone, you know, but she still lost her life. I feel like if there's a crime, I mean, if there's a crime that's like happening right now, then okay, you know, you have the right to, the police officers should have a right to, um, for something, that puts somebody in immediate danger, they should be able to do what they have to do. But if it's a warrant, it's like the person is going to come out sooner or later. There's no, what's the rush? Like it has to be done right now. No, it doesn't. And then if you, you have your, your SWAT teams or, or whatever, um, you can surround the house. You can flush the person out. You have all kinds of things. Just like, you know, people seem like they forgot about, um, the um, young man that killed the uh, officers in Dallas and say they blew him up. I mean, since when did police departments start blowing suspects up, especially when you know where they are? Flush them out. There was a, a woman in Baltimore not too recently um, that I was reading in the news. It was some, it was some, I'm not sure if it was a no-knock warrant, but it was the same sort of like a standoff. It lasted for about an hour. And at some point, someone fired, uh, someone from the police fired at her and she fired back, but she didn't fire the first shot. So, you know, the first question I was like, why did they fire if she never, if she hadn't fired at anyone yet? Did, I they, can't kill did they kill her? Yeah. And 
Yeah, it was something. I think it was this past week. Somebody fighting for their life. Yeah. I think what was worse about it was that she had a five-year-old son with her, too. Baltimore County Police. Yeah, because they shot her son also, right? Mm -hmm. The son died, Yeah, they weren't sure how he got shot. Like, it was possible that he was shot in the crossfire, but either way, like... I don't believe that. Yeah. Like, either way, the... the, Right, all the stories say that the police shot first, but... So, like... Yeah, why why the rush? That's the thing I always ask. Um, Yeah, you have positioning and manpower, you know, in a standoff situation. Um... It's like they have ADHD. Yeah. Something. I think what was interesting about this, I was just pulling up the story on CNN about the woman in Baltimore, is that she also had a um, live stream of the standoff. That they and, and then they shut down her social media account. Mm-hmm. Um, and so why, that's the thing I always wonder, because one Except of the things that... They were edging her on. So... Because they were edging her on, they decided, you know, we're going to stop her social media account. But how did they know she was live streaming in the first place? And that was the thing. Like, they also were saying, like, in Baltimore, they're trying to get, you know, body cameras on all the police officers there. I think they said about, like, 3% have them or something like that. It's like the same place that Freddie Gray was killed. Mm Mm-hmm. It is. And I think that was probably what sparked that. You know, like, they, they said they're supposed to have all the officers in Baltimore have cameras by the end of the year? Well, I think that people do need to um, um, start defending themselves, but it needs to be an organized movement. You just can't do it on your own, and that's what her situation was. Yeah, that's what I think the other thing was. Like, I believe she was um, an activist herself. She was. That's why they were monitoring her social media account. Do you think body cameras would be effective in, in tampering some of these incidents? Do you think visibility, transparency is is needed? Of course, but at the same time they'll learn how to disable those body cameras. That's the thing I was thinking too is like there has to be some repercussion if they're damaged or disabled. You know? exactly. And that was the thing I was thinking about like when, when I feel that, that progress is being made is when we start seeing convictions of these sorts of deaths, you know, like when, um, you know, when there is actual, you know, prosecutions that are successful. Um, but yeah, like the laws getting overturned, like you said, with stop and frisk and no knock warrants. How did I end up here? Things is just too hard to be true. Just when you thought you made it. Today's episode is sponsored by DV Entertainment's artist Boss Jones. You can get Boss Jones music on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Tidal, and anywhere else, any other streaming service. Hey, yo, I'm sick of always being stressed. Life is a constant mess. Never had a home address. Get this off my chest. Drink till I'm feeling lost. Smoke till I can't breathe. Eyes is a glassy gloss. Dreaming of that classy flaw. Thoughts still up in the fog. Feeling like a groggy dog. Whole world's weight on my shoulders. Heavy as dirty on. Cut from a giant oak. Coke still on a rope. Heart and brain made of stone. Skins from the road. Didn't focus on what was going on, but it's actually the media. You know what I'm saying? Like, the media doesn't focus on the black kid that, like you said, like the little girl was a girl boy in Baltimore, the, the lady's son. Little boy. They probably not even talking about it. Like, I was watching the president thing the other day, right? 
they's like, yeah, we need to do something. It was just people talking. Here's the media. Oh, you know about these cops getting killed. What about these other people getting killed? What about these people getting killed? And the reason the cops are being killed is because they won't do anything about the um the people, the innocent people being killed. And you know, it's like I know, like I was saying earlier, like things that black on black crime, yes, it does have the police killed. But like I said, my mother's a cop for twenty years. Never shot nobody, never had to do none of that. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, I'm sure she ran into people that, gangsters or whatever they want to call them, you know what I'm saying? But it's, it's a whole way you can handle it. But, but you know, now it's like, Buffalo How, when I was growing up, is different now. Like, what are they killing two or three people a day now? It's just a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Shot, being shot or killed. Yeah, you know, so it's like, I understand why the cops are scared, but like the people in Louisiana. I don't. No, I'm saying, no, I'm talking about how, like, just scared of black people, period. I don't. And it's like, but the guy in Louisiana, like when the guy in Louisiana got killed, my mother called me and said, watch out, because they didn't kill somebody and he had a gun license. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, I got a gun license. So what if they, that's why I said, if they pulled me over and put my hands out the window, put my head out the window, see everything, because I'm not reaching for nothing. Well, I wouldn't say put your head out, because that would be the shot. Get- <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, but, but it's like, all black people are not the same, though. You know what I'm saying? They know that, but at the same time, just like um, for me, it's like um, a slave mentality. It's like you got the um, the uh, slave master, the overseer, and that's what I call the black mayor in Buffalo, the overseer, along with the black commissioner and, and the black deputy, because they knew that although that officer was white, that he was wrong, and he continued it and now he's federally indicted so you know they they try to keep that the media doesn't even really put it out there that much um that's why when you type my name you can see all this stuff but when you type his you really don't see that much if you went outside and you were stopped by the police right now and you know you just left the house and they say um uh, a store was robbed around the corner and you fit the description Okay, how how would you feel about that? I'd be scared out of my mind. Like, I would. Why? You didn't do anything. You're innocent. So why would you be scared? Because I know about, you know, incidents where people were innocent and, you know, haven't, um, you know, hadn't had really any cause. You know, I, 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 I suppose not everyone would be, but I think I would be, <laughs> you know. No, I, mean, I expect that response from you, but you know, if you said anything different, I would I would really be surprised. But I expect that response. But anyway, you were speaking about um, Alton Sterling. Yeah. No, I was just thinking like after I saw the video, I, I remember. Um, yeah, I had the response. I I don't know if I've immediately felt afraid, but I remember like that evening, I like ran out of cigarettes, and it was like maybe nine or it was late dark and I was thinking about going to get some more and I was like you know I might just wait till tomorrow <laughs> I didn't think I was afraid of it but it was just like I don't, I don't need to smoke that bad <laughs> I could go tomorrow fear response you know could it drive people to you know action or could it also have the opposite effect where I guess people are too afraid to say anything or 
What do you say about that, like the fear itself? Well, did you want to take action or when you saw the videos? I did. I wanted to stop seeing the videos. <laughs> I, say that. I said I didn't want to. I, in a way, I kind of wish I hadn't seen it, you know. That the like one it was, in Louisiana? Yeah, the one in Louisiana, because there were like several. I think the first one was of a couple girls in a car. And you couldn't see much. But then another video came out where you could see everything. And that was the one, like, kind of just disturbed me to no end, I guess, actually seeing it. Um, but at the same time, like, it is a powerful... You wanted to stop seeing the videos that wasn't going to make him come back. Exactly, um, yeah. So, but how did it make you feel about the police? It definitely changed, you know, I was a, a little more afraid, I think. I noticed them a lot more, like if we're just riding around, like since then, I guess it's been about a month, and I noticed that my awareness is raised. Um, yeah, so I think it it does have a, yeah. I, but I guess I guess the, the question I have is to those who don't want to see the video, you know. Well, if you don't, once you see it, you can't unsee what you saw, so. So when you say the question of people who don't want to see it, don't look at it, but it's still not going to bring them back. doesn't mean it didn't happen because it did happen, and it's happening all of the time now. It's just that it's being caught on video. So what do you think the solution is? I'm not sure. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> I don't know if I have a lot okay, of answers. <laughs> I've been harassed by the police before, you know, and I, I really don't know because... We can't kill them. It's like we can't win regardless. You know what I'm saying? And it's it's like like earlier I was saying, I was telling me and Squirrel had a conversation, right? And then I was saying, well, I said when I leave the house, I don't worry about the police. This was like right after that. And she, I said, I worry about, you know, I said I worry about. I'm tell you, I said I worry about these niggas more than I worry about the police. He said, well, you should. I said, well. People, I said niggas. I'm telling you, I said, I said niggas then did more to me than the police. But I have been harassed by the police. Matter of fact, the um, I was 16. You know, the police because they didn't because they had a problem with my mother. Because oh, let's just put him in jail for no reason. Once they find out who my mother was, because the one cop was gonna let me go. They locked me up for no reason. Period. He said, well, what should we do? What's that lady name? Tyra, I don't even want to acknowledge her. Yeah, yeah, but but that lady, that that lady, <laughs> it it was a white, it was two white cops, but the one white cop basically when he found out my mother was a cop, he he was gonna let me go. Although he locked him up for no reason. Yeah, yeah, he locked me up for no reason. He locked me up for holding the door for him. <laughs> like like I swear to God, you know, and and he um then a lady she said, oh well lock lock um him up for a, just put a charge on him. That's that's exactly what she said. And then she called you a crackhead or something. Called somebody mm-hmm. yeah. Put a charge on him, and then the guy locked me for disorderly conduct. My mother complained about it. They fired my mother. I mean, you know, they, they made up something to fire my mother for. So, you know, they ended up giving her a job back, had to give her back pay. And then, then when she would just, um, stand up again, they fired her again. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's like, and it, you know, you get this job. So what, I can't speak on something I think is wrong? You know, and, and it's like... Ten years, ten years later, now look what's happening. And, and it's crazy because, like, when me and my wife was talking about it, it's like I still don't worry about the police. You know, I still worry about the, the black people more than the police. 
And and that's why I was saying earlier when I said about the Black Lives Matter, because address everything. You know, I was um I was talking to somebody yesterday and I was saying in Buffalo, they were shooting somebody was went and shot somebody else. It was a girl I don't remember the exact story, but it was a girl on her computer on Facebook. The bullet went through the house and killed the little girl. What's about four or five years ago? Mm-hmm. Killed the little girl. Because a, a black man was shooting at, trying to shoot up another black man's house. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I, I'm more scared of the people than the police. And, and and like I said, I don't like the cops, period. You know, I know the cop might hear that, but I don't like the police, period. I don't care. Like, you know, black on black violence. You know, the, the difference between that and, I guess, the police brutality is that the black person's going to go to jail. If well, you were telling me that earlier. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I think people would feel a little more like justice is being served if, you know, there was some parity there, you know? Like, there the was... Reason, the reason that um, Black Lives Matter stands up for... Uh, well, he's saying, when it's black-on-black crime, why don't they um, um, speak out about that? The police are supposed to be held at a higher level, you know? Because you take the oath to serve and protect the people. Well, obviously not serve and protect. I think money interest is what it, 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 it is. Um, where, um, not that it's right, because it's definitely not right when um, another black kills another black, but then you have whites killing other whites and whites that are doing mass shootings and just like all kinds of... of um, different violence that's going on. But the reason that the Black Lives Matter and, and every other organization who stands up against the police brutality, um, the, way, the reason they stand up against it is because the police are supposed to be held to a higher standard or believe that they are supposed to be. Right now I'm thinking we need to look over this Constitution and really go through it with a fine-tooth comb and see what our rights really are because obviously our rights are not a right. No. How like when in Atlanta where I think you said it was in a couple he might I think he told me that it was in a couple states like how when he was marching on the expressway do you agree with that because I like I'm this is why I say you need to be organizing and strategize because um, being on the expressway I agree with it but not the way they did it if it was organized it would have been it would it would have really um, it would have caused a traffic jam. <laughs> they did it the correct way, you know. Um, there's already traffic jams, but you know, people getting in and out of the city would have been a problem. So to to stay on the um, expressway at like 11 o'clock at night, now how about doing it during rush hour in the morning or rush hour in the evening, you know? Um, and then doing it the correct way. People were organized; they will understand how to do it. They wouldn't just go out there and stand on the expressway. That's, that's why they need you. Of course. And that's <laughs> why I want to give it these organizations. Organize them. And that's what I've been trying to do. I actually spoke with the guy from Black Lives Matter, Dre, and um, and I told him what I wanted to do. So he, said, um, he, was, he was all for it. You know, I think there are bigger issues dealing with, like, black-on-black violence that have to do with, like, um, you know, systemic racism, poverty. When we were younger, we had like lighted schoolhouse. So after you finished school, you had something in your neighborhood to go to. I remember that. Now you you don't have that. And and it's like why? 
it's not even all about money because people will volunteer their time to do something for the kids. Um, so it's really, it's well, when I say it's not about money, it's, it's not about money for the people who really care about the community. It's about money for these organizations who want to be paid to do something for the community. So, um, and then if you, if you want to volunteer, then they want to talk about um, um, issues like um, liability issues. So like, oh, if somebody gets hurt or whatever, we're not covered. So it's just so much BS that's going on now. And that's why the kids have nothing to do and they want to go and shoot up people. I agree with the idea that Black Lives Matter should include black on black crime as well. You know, marching for those who are the victims of violence within neighborhoods. And Yeah, but um, if you, if you um, instead of just like marching for like, oh, somebody else died, you'd be marching like every single day. Not that we should stop marching until it stops, but the point is, um, if we're going to march, we need to march on these organizations who are supposed to be doing stuff for the communities and that, and that are not doing what they're supposed to do and who are taking the money and doing other things um, and hold these mayors accountable right. for the things that's happening in their cities. Right, right. I think, I think that... I remember she, she said the lightest schoolhouse. We used to have that at 39 when, when I went exactly, there. Exactly. That's, you know, so, that's exactly where it was at. So if, like, remember we was talking earlier and I said they had more Ys, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody can't afford to go to the Y. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you have churches that are, like, closed, like, what, six days out of the week and you're open on Sundays or whatever. I'm not yeah. sure say six days, but I'm pretty much just trying to make a point. They should open these churches, like, every day. You know, so something can be going on every day. So if the kids have something to do, they won't be out in the streets or they won't be being influenced by the wrong people. Yeah, because I, I think the thing that bothers me sometimes, I guess, when opponents of Black Lives Matter point to black and black crime, I think it's a way of blaming black people for the police being afraid of us. You know? Yeah, but like I said, there are people who will go out and volunteer, but then... They want to holler, oh, liability. It's like, right. just give these kids something to do. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I like that, um, that focus on community building, you know, and saying, like, it's a much bigger thing than just focusing in, you know, and wanting to blame individuals' behavior, you know. used to have homework help. So, you know, sometimes before you can go and play, you would have to do your homework. So... That that's another thing because now the kids, some of them don't even know how to read. Maybe my mother can help them down here to you know do more stuff for the kids, because then you got less kids out in the streets. You know what I'm saying? Like, and but like I said, they're killing innocent people. Period. Yeah. But I think that if the, like remember two chains was saying something about um schools and everything, you know if they if they had more stuff for the kids to do, I think that the kids would stay out the streets less, and then. Then they couldn't blame the, you know, the black and black, you know, black on black crime, you know, because it'd be less crime because there's more to do. And that's another thing. You have schools in every neighborhood. So if you open the schools and have the lighted schoolhouse um, during the evening time, then you will have places for the kids to go. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, not the churches. The churches can help, but the schools are already there. The empty buildings at night. Well, I want to make sure that we include information in our show notes, you know, Definitely. so that, 
yeah, so that, you know, people who want to get involved can, you know. So, you know, where where would someone who wants to get involved, where, where would you send them to? Um, actually, the Black Lives Matter chapter, um, because I am going to be working with the Black Lives Matter chapter, Atlanta chapter. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give him my ideas. And hopefully, okay. you know, he said that he would be willing to work with me, so. Is there anywhere, like... Say if somebody wanted to come to you direct, is it like an email or something they can, you know? Well, my email is carrieljhorn at AOL.com. And actually, they can use the hashtag that um, Ricky Smiley started, which is strategy for change. That's what we need to stick with, the strategy. We already know what the problems are. We don't need to keep saying it over and over. At this point in the show, we want to allow Carriel to tell her story with as few edits as possible. But please visit jimmyandthebrain.com to find out more about her activism and how to contact her. So I remember you saying it was a, a incident, a domestic. What what was the call for originally? Um, the mailman flagged down a police officer, so it wasn't even a call. He, okay. him, he flagged him down, and pretty much said, you know, they're arguing about um, a check. Uh, a um, uh, well, I don't know if he said it was a check, but he said that they were arguing. So. So the, um, so, so the mailman witnessed a domestic incident, is that right? Right. Okay. So, so then he flagged the police officers down. The police officer said, you know, go in and get the mail. And um, he went and got the mail and he said, the check is not in here. Like, go get the rest of the mail. He says, I don't have a check. So he, he tried to close his door and to go back in. By this time, the lieutenant came. And then the lieutenant um, and the other officer pushed the door in, and then they started. He was trying to push himself back into his house, um, and he, his sons were in the house. So that's probably why they called for backup, because they didn't know that there were other people in the house. But um, his sons were in the house, and he's, like, trying to um, push himself back, and they're, like, grabbing for him, and then a struggle ensued, and... They pretty much just went into his house and um, called for backup. At what point, I'm not sure, because when I got there, he was already cuffed. He was cuffed in the front and being punched in the face by the officer. And so then the officer said that he wouldn't listen, because like, um, one of the officers said, let me get him, let me, get, let me cuff him in the back. There was another um, black officer that was right in front of me. We, went, we actually walked in the house at the same time. Um, and then he was punching him in the face and he said that he wouldn't listen. This MF won't listen or something to that effect. And so then he, he like swung him towards the door and we pushed him outside because um, there's a hallway. So you have to go out the hallway down the stairs and outside to the, the driveway. Pushed him outside. Once we were outside, his leg got caught in the gate. So we had to pull back and then push forward. And then... Once we pushed forward, the um, other officers started, you know, dispersing. So I was behind him, so I had to wait for him to to walk so that I could walk to my patrol car. We were in one-man cars. So um, as he was, well, as he was taking him to the patrol vehicle, he stopped and started choking him. And then when he started choking him, you know, I yelled, Greg, you're choking him. And he didn't stop, so I grabbed his 
arm from around his neck. And once I did that, then he punched me in the face. So then, you know, I was upset and I got ready to defend myself, but then two other officers pulled me back. And then, um, bottom line is, you know, we were arguing, the lieutenant ordered us back. I got in the car, called the chief, told the chief, you know, that he had punched me in the face. She asked me, was it intentional? And I said, yes. So she said, well, come to the station house. I said, well, we are because the lieutenant ordered us to. So we get to the, so I get to the station house and then I go into her office and I'm telling her what happened. And the lieutenant walks in and says that um, I, I tried to stop the arrest and I jumped on the officer's back and I said, that's not true. And I used a chair to demonstrate to her that we were face to face. So there was no way that I could jump on his back. So she called PSD, PSD came and they, um, they um, took statements from us. So he told them in his statement that he had him in a neck hold, choke hold, whatever um, phrase he used, because there were two lieutenants who were taking um, the statements and they both wrote it in their notes. So um, check neck hold, choke hold, neck hold. Um, so then after that, then I was the one that was brought up on charges. The um, um, deputy met with me at an IHOP and told me them that we needed to do something. The commissioner offered me 10 days suspension and I felt like I shouldn't take 10 days for something that I did not do. And bottom line is after having kangaroo, kangaroo court hearing, um, it wasn't in court, but it was an administrative hearing. But after having that, then I was found guilty of um, most of the charges. And one of them included jumping on his back. Um, right. So I, I never jumped on his back, like I said. And then some of the, ch the charges were, I, um, um, like I did this or I did that. It's like if you shot or she stabbed. I mean, this wasn't charges, but pretty much it was like I jumped on his back or I punched him in his face or I pulled him back. It's like, if you're gonna charge me with something, then you need to have that charge, not three different charges that it could be. Um, but that's how they charged me. And then when I went on, um, because the newspaper article came out saying that I had jumped on his back and like as if I was the one that was out of control. So that was in the newspaper. So I went on a public access show to set the record straight. And they brought me up on three more charges for doing that because they said that it was an ongoing investigation. But I felt like if it was ongoing, then I should not have been brought up on charges. They should have been figuring out what really happened. But either way, um, I got found guilty of those charges and jumping on his back, things. So I was upset about it and I wanted to fight it because I felt like, you know, he, um, I felt like the city was protecting him for some reason. And that's all that we have for you today. Um, mind you, this is our first episode. Some of the audio quality wasn't at top notch level. But that's part of the learning process. Um, you know, the first pancake, you know, you got the first pancake. <laughs> so, um, but please help support us. Uh, we're going to be bringing you content on a consistent basis. Uh, you can visit jimmyandthebrain.com to learn more about what we're about and who we are. You can connect to us. You can send us feedback. Make sure to leave us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google+. Subscribe to us on YouTube and like our Facebook page. Again, thank you for listening. 
and we'll see you next week.